The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of Future Stars of Wrestling, that's FSW here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And this is Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. You know, got a chance to rest after uh, the excitingly long wrestling weekend. And it's good to see our guest on because I wasn't sure uh, he'd still be alive after Saturday night. Our our guest today, for those who don't know the work of Eli Everfly, you have to go and watch GCW, uh, go online, watch, uh, you know, anything that's out there on YouTube, um, look at the FSW network, because Eli, you do some of the most daring stuff, and might I say, one of the best things about you is not only is it daring, but you always have it where it makes sense in the match, you're not doing spots just to do spots. How did you, just first off the bat, how did you decide, not only are you going to be a wrestler, but hey, I have no fear in doing some of these big spots. Was that something that you envisioned yourself doing from a young age? Oh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) most definitely. Um, I think, I think... It all started, I guess, like, because my mom, uh, she used to, like, let me rent uh, VHS tapes and stuff, like, at Blockbuster. And then I remember the Hardys, and there's this, like, whole, like, VHS about, like, the Hardys and the Dudleys and, you know, Edge and Christian. And, like, about, it led up to, like, you know, the ladder match and everything. And then uh, I just remember, like, that being, like, my favorite VHS, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just, it was my favorite. Yeah, I still have it, too. You know? <laughs> yeah, I have it. I actually we ended up getting it. But, uh, oh, man. yeah. Uh, and I just remember that uh, watching those matches, it made me feel something, you know? Like, sure. different than all the other matches that I was watching, you know, that was at the time it was just it was really different and then i remember when uh like jeff hardy jumped off the ladder onto a table you know uh yeah it was it was amazing and like uh i remember at that like very like you know point in time of my life i was like just contemplating about being a professional wrestler when i grew up you know i was thinking like man i really want to do this because i want to make people feel what i feel like nothing makes me uh, feel this way like like uh you know i was really into sports like basketball you know like um you know, soccer, I was like, you know, I was a kid into sports, but uh, nothing made me feel like what wrestling made me feel, you know, and sure. especially those matches, you know, so I think that's kind of where I implement, uh, you know, hardcore wrestling or, um, you know, the high flying maneuvers or like the daring stunts that I do into my matches, you know, yeah. it just comes from uh, doing what I uh, love, you know, and I just like in uh, I love making people feel what I, you know, feel uh, like, you know, kind yeah. of like 
I, I love people. Uh, I love making people feel how I felt when I saw those matches. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you know? that's... yeah, yeah. And that... I, I try to get as close as I possibly can to doing that. Per se, like if we're uh, um, low, if I'm lower in the card, obviously I'm not gonna, you know, uh, go balls to the wall, you know. But like, you know, I guess like the higher I get, you know, the more up I can, you know, do my, you know, my stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Joe, yeah. you know, speaking about um, taking an emotion, getting something from the audience. When was the first time you saw Eli, and did you start like? Did you feel something that made you go, ooh? Ooh, I'd love to have this guy on our shows. Uh, I think Eli came down with Che and Tito uh, <laughs> years ago. And maybe Doug. I'm not even sure which guys it was. Yeah, I, okay. knew, I knew of Eli. I didn't really see a lot of the stuff. And it was funny because I remember I would say, you know, after the show... You know, I threw him a very small stipend, I guess you could say. And his response to me was like, hey, bro, I don't even care if you pay me. I just want to get on the shows if you could do that. And that always kind of stuck in me. And we kind of utilized him in different situations and different stuff. And I remember him and Jacob Austin Young having wow. a phenomenal no limits title match. And... As you know, with the FSW fans, it's hard to get them to get behind somebody who they don't see very often. You know, they have a lot of passion for a guy who might be on the pre-show match every show because he's nowhere near ready, but they'll show him more love than somebody like Eli who shows up, and then they'll go crazy over a couple certain things that he's done. Right. So, you know, everything happened. There was the pandemic. There was a couple times we tried to get them booked with, with uh, you know, Doomfly. And, and we just weren't able to get them on a regular basis. And then recently when we started really getting back to bringing in, you know, besides Hammerstone and Graves, you know, I always was a fan of Tito and Brandon Gatson and Eli. And we kind of got him in some matches that all of a sudden, like, he opened people's eyes. And the one thing I love about Eli Everfly is because most people, all they talk about is all the crazy shit he's going to do. And, oh, my God, can you believe he does, did that? But when you watch a match like he had with Hyperstreak and Jay Vidal, the fact that he utilizes his submissions and his mat work, it reminds me of Teddy Hart. One thing about Teddy Hart when Teddy Hart trained was – as cool as his high-flying stuff was, he can put you in any hold yeah. anywhere in the ring. And Eli's one of those guys. And I love his work more. Believe me, I, I love seeing all the crazy shit. But when, when he flips a guy around out of nowhere and puts him into this crazy submission move, that's what I pop for, you know. And fortunately, we've had him on a frequent basis. And... With Parada not being there, it was a perfect setup, especially after the phenomenal match him and Jay Vidal had, to put them in, in a tag team. And with the card that we had on that show this past weekend, you know, if you look at what we, we've checked out, hey, what was your favorite match? You know, most people said it was the unguided against Jay Vidal and Eli Everfly. A few weeks ago, you know, people are talking about Eli and and Jay for the match of the year. And 
three weeks before that, they were talking about Hyperstreak and, and Eli Eli in the match of the year. So it's like the crowd all of a sudden, and then everybody who watched the GCW show, that was fucking insanity, that six-man match uh, that they wrestled. It was, just, it was just crazy. And it was nice for me to just sit there, and I was hoping, you know, Damian Drake didn't have to get rushed to the ER after the match. <laughs> I, see the, I, I didn't see the Eli off the balcony till the next day when it was like posted. I was like, oh shit, I didn't know he did that too. And that's just a crazy motherfucker. So usually you're one or the other. And Eli's blessed to be both. Yeah. Um, Eli, did the Matt stuff, uh, who do you credit at Santino Brothers for? Um, you know, kind of steering you in that direction so that you weren't just a one-dimensional um, competitor? Oh. Um, well, like, I did, like, wrestling in high school all four years. And okay. Stuff. And, like, my senior year, I was, like, the captain of my high school wrestling team in San Gabriel. Nice. And, like, at 103, too. <laughs> yeah, I and then, beat, uh, and you know, like, I did jiu for six years. Yeah, I did, like, jiu-jitsu for six years. And then, uh, uh, you know, they started, you know, started wrestling. Uh, but uh, I think, like, a lot of it came from that, you know. Sure. I, like, everything just kind of came natural, you know. And, and uh, but, like, at Santino's, I don't know. I would just, I think I'd credit Robbie Phoenix because he really was in the ring with me most of the time. Like, Joey's more like the money guy yeah. and the behind-the-scenes guy. And he's kind of getting everything together, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, Robbie really kind of, like, helped me you know you uh helped me put it all together i would say you know and he kind of like would tell me you know who to watch who's who's good and who's like new too you know right because uh, you know like when i first came in i was like literally just like a mark for like wwe you know i didn't really know too much about indie wrestling uh i knew about like ring of honor kind of you know sure uh yeah and like you know like czw kind of uh but yeah um yeah robbie kind of like steered me into the direction of who to watch and you know guys who were like you know like, you know, kind of like underground, per se, yeah. Sure. But, uh, yeah. And and Joe, with uh, Santino Brothers, I know you guys have had kind of a a little bit of a working relationship in, in the past. What is it to you that makes, A, how did you forge the relationship, and then B, what makes their wrestlers, um, you know, people that you are absolutely willing to roll the dice on, is it just the personalities, their way they do matches? Um, what is it most about those wrestlers that it shows they can be on an FSW card and be successful in doing what their job is? Well, what you got to understand is, like FSW, a lot of our guys, they'll go out, and you'll see, as I jokingly say, Arizona Wrestling Federation should be called FSW Arizona. And a lot of our guys go to, in as groups, and they're utilized a lot on other shows. And Santino's is one of the only other wrestling schools I know that it was like, I'm pretty sure I think I had uh, Willie Mack and Ray Rosas. Uh, they were doing at the time, probably uh, an FSW Arizona show. So we were running the next day. And I hadn't really used Rosas at all. 
and Willie Mack had mentioned, hey, Ray's going to be with me, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we got him in. Then we had Ray on for a while, and then uh, we had Tito. And then those guys brought Che, and those guys brought Eli, and they brought Douglas, and they brought Heather Monroe, and they brought Lucas Riley. And, and they would just – you could just see that when a guy like Che and Tito, or before Che, when a guy like Tito – recommend somebody that takes precedent with me over the hundred emails I get from somebody wanting to work for FSW. Sure. If somebody's going to put their relationship with me, their reputation for somebody, I'm pretty certain that I'm going to be happy with the guy they brought me. And as you can see of the progression you know, we continually use probably more Santino guys outside the FSW locals than any other, you know, group of guys or girls, you know, that, that we use anywhere. So obviously the work ethic is there. Obviously, you know, we don't really like people who whose ego is out the door. They're assholes in the back. You know, generally we have a really good locker room with people who get along and everybody instead of, you know, hoping maybe somebody gets hurt or, or whatever it is, everybody's striving to have the best match. Yeah. Because in an FSW show, you know, we had a pre-show, Hero Lou and Class. You know, that's, that's a main match normally on a show. You know, we had three matches that could have been in the main event. Yeah. At least, you know, on this past, uh, you know, Friday night. So anybody who gets to work FSW, it's really a privilege. You know, this show, we weren't able to incorporate very many of the kids. We wanted to have a casino show, yet we were still doing it at the FSW arena. And, you know, it was a packed house. We through the, the distancing, we couldn't add any more seats. Thankfully, now we can add a few more. But for our anniversary show, there's definitely not enough seats for what we're bringing to the table. Right. And after seeing everything in the last weeks, in the, in the last month or so, uh, I guess it was now two years ago, we did the Limitless Tournament. When we were right. working with this uh, com company that really washed out Lucha Las Vegas, uh, Lucha, Lucha L.A., Oh, yeah, L.A. Lucha, yeah. Yeah, L.A. Lucha, yeah. yeah. Turned out not to be, uh, you know, we were trying to strive to work with people, and we thought it would be good for, especially for them, but we liked the idea. We did a two-night show, and everything worked out well, but, you know, at the end of the day, they were trying to say I was supposed to pay their, I was supposed to pay the guys for their show. It was like, what are you guys talking about? And it was just, you know, a lot of bad business. But we had Adrian Quest. We had Jake Atlas. We had Chris Bay. We had Eli. We had Matt Vandergrift, Damian Drake, Douglas James. You know, it was it was a, a super little two-night thing. And now with guys like Jack Cartwheel in the mix and Jay Vidal, uh, we're looking to do another limitless, you know, tournament featuring the best flyers. But we're also getting guys like, you know, Lee Moriarty and Fuego Del Sol and stuff like that yeah. wanting to be a part of this. And we really think we can make this something special. I remember a few years ago, uh, Brian Kendrick did King of Flight. 
And he brought in like Ricochet and Swan and London and all these motherfuckers. And it was like, oh, this is awesome. And I'm trying to do it a little bit more without the big, big names because obviously budgets and things like that. But these are a lot of people that are fantastic that maybe the, the mass audience only knows very little about, about some of these guys. And, you know, we're hoping as we continue to grow and we work with GCW and we work with Impact and we're talking with CZW actually about doing a joint show here in Vegas. So there's a lot of great things because we want to blow up, man. You know, I watch GCW and it's like, man, these guys have such a phenomenal reach. You know, there was a lot of people from California and stuff that came all the way to Vegas to watch their show. And it kind of rubbed off where we got a, we got people we've never seen before who bought tickets. Yeah. So I'm really going to pitch hard for next time because I think the atmosphere in Vegas will be phenomenal for an FSW versus GCW show. Absolutely. In fact, being in that crowd, one of the most entertaining things was watching and listening the uh, FSW fans versus the GCW fans when you had a main event that had Hammerstone as the uh, champion of FSW going against Jordan Oliver, who was their guy for GCW, and it was amazing, that atmosphere. Um, Eli, let me ask you about that. What did you feel from that crowd? As Joe said, this is basically the first or I should say the biggest crowd, um, you know, the first since the pandemic has kind of uh, given away so that more people could get in. What does that do for you as a performer in terms of, you know, just feeding off that energy? Because you guys, again, I cannot stress, please, if people have not seen this card, it was changing the game. It is available on Fight TV, and uh, it was an amazing match Jay Vidal, Eli Everfly versus the Unguided for the FSW Tag Team Championships. Now I'll throw the question back to you, Eli. What is that like, man? Um, you know, not having an audience there, like you know, for a couple of shows that I have done uh, since the pandemic, because I, I, you know, I, I wasn't working too much. Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, not having anybody there. It did feel more like practice, you know. I felt like I was at Santino's in open ring, you know, yeah. and uh, um, you know, like uh, a lot of a lot of times there were like few people, you know, in the audience, uh, you know, just j- just to be there. Uh, like I remember I did a, a VXX show and there was like n- practically nobody there, um, and I did a, you know a, a couple of shows like that, uh, um, like. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the this the last FSW show, change, changing the game, uh, it was it was it was really relieving, I would say, because uh, I we did get to feel the audience, you know, like especially like when I came out, like I got a pop, you know, so that was cool, <laughs> you know, and that was a, that was a good feeling, you know, uh, that always is a good feeling, sure. and then 
just the radiating, you know, off the audience, you know, every time I kind of move my hands up, you know, or I do my pose, um, just, you know, seeing them going, yeah, and they're there, you know, they're there. And they could like, they're, see, they're seeing me and I'm looking at them in the eyes, you know, trying to look at everybody and, you know, we're connecting. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, it, it does make the match a lot more better, you know, and, uh, you know, and then especially like, you know, when I'm firing up uh, or I'm ready to make that hot tag, you know, and yeah. then, uh or you know, you know, when I'm when I'm when the moments come and I need to, you know, you know, come alive. Uh, yeah, you know, I do feel the the crowd and um, yeah, man, it just it makes coming alive. It makes your comeback. It makes like the hot tag. It makes everything a lot better because the audience is there to feel that energy, you know. And you know, it just you know, and the, your adrenaline flows a lot more, you know. Sure. Uh, Adrenaline flows a lot more. Yeah, everything is just uh, you know is a lot more fluent. If you're tired, all of a sudden you know you just get get that burst of energy where you're not tired anymore. You know because you're feeling it. You're there in the moment, and uh, yeah, yeah. So and you know all that all that happened definitely in uh, in the match. Uh, you know this uh, Friday. Yeah. Let me ask you, Joe. Um, speaking of that match, does having a guy like Jay Vidal and the fact that he is just so over with the fans, does that then bring the idea to you, since his tag partner isn't available, Prada couldn't be there, someone like Eli is the perfect fit to just, you know, kind of, uh, uh, I'm losing the word here, but to just play off of uh, Jay and those two inner working giving the crowd then something to really cheer about, especially because a team like the Unguided is a homegrown team that fans, even though they are trying to be the heels in the match, fans will still pop for them like their baby faces. Is that kind of a key? Is finding two bigger baby faces to then hopefully get the... Uh, the heel tag team to have a little more heat well see the issue became without parada it was like unless we bring another person in and the cards stacked and we got the people and it's like well we need to pick somebody from the scramble match because it, it kind of fits because it's that match is the same style that we're looking for when you're going to see unguided and jay by right and you know brandon gatson adrian quest Awesome, but they've had no interactions with Jay Vidal at all, okay? Uh, Funny Bone, he is over as fuck, obviously, but he had no he had no interactions. So Eli became the, per- the perfect choice. Eli has basically come in, and he's worked a lot of the baby faces. Yeah. So technically, Eli is the heel, but... Being that he does such super cool shit, you know, there are people, and everybody likes the heels anyway. Like myself, I was always a bigger, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I loved Rick Rude, you know. I, I I loved Jake the Snake. I hated Hulk Hogan, you know what I mean? It's like I would always root for the heel, you yeah. know. So being that those guys just came off a match of the year candidate, you had to be the perfect choice. Because there was a lot of respect shown to Eli that probably hadn't been in the past after his match. You know, it kind of started with the Hyper Street match. And then the latter match, too. And w- with Jay, it was like, 
they see a kid who's willing to put basically his fucking life on the line to entertain. You know, heel face doesn't matter. People are going to respect that. So that made me believe, you know what? Eli can easily transition and not have to do something heroic to be a baby face. They were looking at it like, oh, shit, Eli Everfly and Jay Vidal against the Unguided. This should be fucking awesome. It was an easy decision. I remember bringing it up. I'm like, hey, Joey, because we were talking about, you know, at first the bad bitches and Effie since he was in town against Lights Camera Faction. And then it was like, well, after Jay beat uh, Vandergriff at one of the earlier shows the month before, it was a perfect setup for the tag match. So with Parada not being there, we were talking about maybe moving Jay Vidal into the scramble match. It would have been great, but it was like, okay, now who did the unguided rest? Right. You know what I mean? So it was like Eli going into that spot was the perfect fit. And a team that never tag teamed before. And a lot of people think they had the match of the night. So it just goes to show, you know, the ability that these guys have. And it's like, you know, in a perfect world, Boy, I'd keep them together as a tag team. These these guys are, you know, uh, are too good to be put in that situation. You know, I've always been a fan of those scramble matches, you know, four and five ways, balls to the wall, you guys, and kill it. And, you know, and and we had that opportunity. And now with, uh, you know, adding Adrian Quest back into the mix. And, you know, he was always good. But, man, he, he's really gotten even better, you know. I guess you can credit New Japan for that, working those shows. And Adrian Quest is at a different level. I always had problems with him. I'd say, hey, bro, I need you to be the heel, blah, blah, blah. And he'd kind of work a different style. And I'm like, bro, I didn't bring you in here to punch and kick and be a bad guy. Like, do your cool shit. It's like. If you're not going to do your cool shit, I might as well just bring Eli Everfly back. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, speaking of that, Eli, that is a, a very um, interesting point that I don't think a lot of wrestling fans think of in this kind of mind frame. But for you, do you feel that sometimes um, you can kind of look at it as if a band goes onto stage? And the fans want to see the greatest hits. Do you feel that you have to, you know, deliver some of those greatest hits so that they just get what they've paid for, essentially? But you can still kind of throw in some of the uh, the uh, lower cuts on the album so that you are fulfilling yourself too and telling the story in the match. Yeah, you know, um, I actually like got that from Brian Kendrick, exactly what you're saying, you know, uh, because that was a question that I asked him when I was training with him. Sure. Uh, I was like, um, what do I do when I'm a heel, you know, because I feel like I do like all these like cool moves and stuff. And 
you know, I'm listening to these podcasts and stuff and all these old timers are saying, you know, you can't, you know, be doing flashy things and, you know, be doing arm drags and stuff, you know, and uh, being a heel as well. Uh, right. And, you know, Brian Kendrick just, he just told me, he's like, no, still do your moves. It's just, they're going to change at what point you do them in the match. You know, like if I'm going to like, you know, like I do like a, you know, I do a dive, you know, and if I do a dive during my comeback, you know, um, I'm not going to do a dive, you know, uh, at, at, during my, I don't have a comeback if I'm a heel, you know, right. but I'll do a dive as a cutoff, you know, I'll like, you know, I'll cheap shot the dude on the outside and dive on him. And it's still me doing my thing, you know, but right. it's just more like, you know, tenaciously, I guess, you know, it's a little more different, you know, and uh, I just, you know, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I do have to do my greatest hits. I do like see myself as like a band, you know, and people want to see like uh, the moves that they see on the internet, you know, like yeah. I'd always say like, man, uh, well, you know, I, like, when I was a kid, like one of my favorite matches was that Hell in a Cell match with uh, like the Undertaker and Mankind. Yeah. And every time I would see a Hell in a Cell match, I would that was always the bar, right? And no one really ever met that bar, you know. Right. And I just remember feeling really disappointed, you know. And uh, I know, and I know, wrestling fans get disappointed when um, they have high expectations and you don't meet those expectations, you know. So I definitely like. Like every match, I do have to somewhat meet their expectations, you know. Sure. Uh, if if they see me on the internet doing, you know, uh, flips to the outside, uh, or you know, like things on the apron, or like these cool lucha maneuvers, and I don't deliver that, then um, I think they're gonna think very differently of me. So heel or face, I do like just have a way to just put my moves where they belong, I guess, you know, and just you know still do what I do, you know, but, uh, you know, and, and I still like hail or face. I still have like somewhat the same attitude. Sure. I just don't aggregate, aggravate the audience. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't like, you know, I don't nitpick little things, you know, but sure. yeah. Um, yeah, it stays the same. I would say like my, my, uh, you know, I, I still, I still play my music, you know, I still play my sure. hits. Yeah. yeah, and thankfully he doesn't spit on the customers anymore. So that's how. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah, it's been it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Time out. Now, you say that, Joe, but the um, the sp- now you want the story. I I do want the story because there was the spot er very early on when Eli you just let a mouthful just go up. And um, Garth from uh, Finley Mazda, sitting in his uh, his chair ringside there, almost got a shower full of that uh, <laughs> Everfly juice. So what's what's the story behind this, uh, Joe or Eli? Who wants to go into it? Uh, in Eli's early days in FSW, uh, we did a show at Samstown, and. I didn't really know anything of it until after the show when the parents were complaining about <laughs> I ever fly. And I guess he was walking down the ramp. And his side of the story was he had Cheetos in his mouth, I guess the fire Cheetos, and claimed he was spitting it at the guardrail. But I guess it somehow splashed all over uh, the kit. And... They were a little unhappy with that, and we had to schmooze it, and we did, you know, but yeah, it was like, dude, and then I think it happened once at the FSW arena, There's a, there was a kid there that used to come all the time, and he was an, anno- he was an annoying fucker, I will give you that, 
that I think Eli walked around and the guy must have said something and Eli kind of spit at him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's much more mature these days. Thanks, thanks to Delilah, he's much more mature. <laughs> Oh my yeah, god. I do remember I do remember the hot Cheeto incident and I actually did I actually I ate a bag of hot Cheetos before like the match. You know, like probably like thirty minutes before the match and I did like spit to the side and I think it like it landed on some kid's hand or something and he <laughs> right, but because it was red, the parents thought you ended up spitting blood on <laughs> yeah. So that's why they I guess kinda of went berserk. Yeah, yeah, and then like I remember, like Rocky T made me apologize to them, and then yeah, I was just like like a child. Like he brought me to like the principal's office. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Oh, that is amazing. Um, <laughs> oh, um, the uh, <laughs> Joe, you brought up uh, you brought up uh, Delilah, um, Eli. How's it been for you? Did you guys? create doomfly just to be able to since you guys were you know going to shows together how did it come about um in terms of you guys becoming a, a mixed tag team um well i guess like it started at santino bros because i kind of was just like hey do you want to do a, a tag against those luchas because we're all we were always training with those luchas and like I was like yeah. the booker, you know. And I was just like, okay, let's just do a random, you know, for like, you know, at Santino Bro show, you know. So wait, 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 wait. You so so the the moral of this right off the bat is if you're booking matches and you see a cute girl, <laughs> hey, let's become a tag team. <laughs> yeah, oh no, well no, no, like, we were already dating okay. and everything. Okay, all right. Yeah, we were, already, we were already dating, and we were, like, engaged already and everything. Okay. But then, uh, yeah, so then, you know, we were training with Los Luchas all the time. So I was just like, hey, wouldn't it be fun if it was just, like, me and you? Because everybody knows we're together, you know? Yeah. And, and then uh, um, when I booked it, like, uh, Bar Wrestling saw, and then Bar Wrestling ended up booking uh, me and Delilah against jo uh, Joey Janela and Penelope Ford. You know, so they beat us to the punch because our show was in February and their show was in January, you know. <laughs> right. So like right when they saw that, you know, and then I remember I put, uh, you know, I didn't even put Doomfly or anything like that, you know. And I think I just put like, you know, Eli Airfly and Delilah Doom, you know. And then, um, yeah, Bar Wrestling put, you know, uh, Doomfly, you know, I guess because, you know, we were asked and we gave like a bunch of names, like stupid stuff, you know. We didn't even care, you know. We didn't even care. Right. Know? And then. Uh, yeah, and then it ended up, like, being good because that match is, like, you know, like, it was – ended up, you know, doing very well on the internet, you know. Yeah. Like, got, like, 100,000 views or something, you know. And, uh, yeah, you know, and, you know, ever since then, like, it just kicked off because people just really liked that match and then we just kept getting booked, you know. And, and yeah, just – but, yeah, that's 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 pretty much where it started. You sure. Know? It just – it just it started like it was an accident you know like we weren't yeah we just we just wanted to be cute and have like a match you know just like hey just say we did it you know we tagged you know with each other yeah. before but then we ended up, you know and then doomfly caused a lot of heat with brian cage and impact when they beat him in a handicap match there too oh oh wait what yeah i remember impact uh, gave brian cage a lot of heat because you guys beat the shit out of him <laughs> 
Yeah, it was, it was a handicap match. Yeah, <laughs> but he was like the Impact Champion, and they went kind of crazy over that. Well, it was like it. Well, it was his idea, to be fair. You know. Oh, it always is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was his idea, and he wanted to have, uh, like he wanted to lead to a tag match with Melissa eventually because okay. he wanted Melissa to get in on it. You know. Yeah. Um, Joe, speaking of Delilah, is is she someone that you could uh, see potentially utilizing um, if, let's say, you know, the belt moves on to a Sandra Moon or, you know, a younger talent? Is someone like Delilah someone you could call on to potentially give a, um, a good match for a younger wrestler? Well, Delilah's worked a few of our women's shows, and she's worked a couple of the other shows. Actually, at the last women's show, we were trying to have Doomfly against Sandra Moon and Jay Vidal, actually. And they were just not available uh, for that show. So we've always been in touch with her about trying to get her on, on shows when, when it's available. So, yeah, you know, we definitely plan on using her down the line, whether – it's in a tag or it's in a, in a singles match. And, and Eli, for you, is it just, is it really nice um, not only having, you know, her there as, let's say, a travel partner and, you know, of course, um, you know, just being part of your life, but also, is it good having someone who understands what you're going through because she goes through it as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, um, like, you know, is like, before her, like, I, like, would just date outside of wrestling, you right. know, and I feel like all the other girls I dated really didn't understand it, you know, they didn't really understand why I sacrificed so much, or why I was just gonna be gone, you know, or, you know, and then, like, they just didn't get it, you know, right. and, uh, and then, uh, like, she was, like, the first girl I started, like, dating inside of wrestling, you know, and like the only one, you know, <laughs> still. Uh, yeah. And yeah, we like definitely understand each other a lot more. And like, I could like actually talk to her about like what's going on. Cause like majority of the time I just talk about wrestling. Like everything that comes out of my mouth is about wrestling, you know? And yeah, like it, like it just, just the way I am, you know? And, uh, but she understands me, you know? So it is, it is good. And like, uh, a lot of times, like if I get booked, she'll get booked too, you know, or sure. like vice versa, you know? Uh, yeah, so you know it's 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 been really good to have somebody who just uh, is there and understands what's going on in my life. Yeah. Along the same lines, Joe, uh, what would you uh, do if uh, your wife worked alongside you at FSW? Well, she did for a long time. She was, you know, she she was she was a stern, you know, work in the front. Not, you know, not let people fuck around trying to sneak in. You know, she ran the merch. You know, that that was the easiest time because, you know, that's the one you trust. Right. You know, a lot of times, you know, unfortunately, you know, things have come up missing at the school and it always happens. It, you know, there's always going to be a piece of shit somewhere. And, right. you know, it, it's a shame you know, Brett the Thread, he was getting ready for his match and somehow his beats disappeared, you know. And what's even worse, uh, it seems like it happened during the kids' class. So it's possible one of the kids swiped. Oh, oh those, and, those damn you know, children. Yeah. 
you know, it's a, it's unfortunate, but people are, you know, a lot of people, well, hopefully not a lot of people, but some people will take advantage of a situation. You know, uh, one of the wrestlers left his wallet there and it was like, oh, geez, somebody stole his fucking wallet, but it turned out it fell somewhere and we found it, which was good. But in the past, we've had a few incidents where, you know, not everybody's trustworthy. Yeah. And that's, the thing. I try to, I try to put my trust in everybody that's there. And, you know, a piece of shit is always a piece of shit. You know, they're going to cover it up and make it seem like they're a good person. But, you know, as we've seen in this business over the last few years, and even at FSW, there, you know, there's a few bad apples that people thought, you know, nothing of until stuff came out. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's just a, sh- a shame, period, that, you know, we have to be in that situation. Um, and Eli, for you, um, you know, you're becoming one of the uh, one of the regulars. Um, when you look at some of the people on the roster, are there one or two people that stick out to you as either someone you'd like to tag with or someone you'd like to uh, wrestle in the ring? Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not like I wouldn't say tag, you mm-hmm. know. Well, I, I I could tag with anybody, you know. Right. That's, that's kind of my forte, yeah. But um, like work with I like I don't want to I'd want a one on one with Damian Drake again because we wrestled each other in um on in Ground Zero. Okay. But uh, it, it was good. But I feel like now we've both grown, you know, and we could just, you know, or the, everything would be a lot different, you know, and we'd go about things differently too. Right. I think Damian Drake definitely. Um, hmm. I think him and Jack Wheel will be one of the most entertaining. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack, Jack, definitely. Um, even like Ice Williams too. I just love the way he sells. You know, such a good. He just sells awesome. You know, <laughs> yeah. He makes moments just better. You know, and every moment he just makes it better. You know, so yeah. yeah. He's such a douchebag. I'd love to see you whoop his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's, but there's a lot of guys, yeah. But those, I think, those would be the top of the list. See, well, if you could make it June 18th for the first night of the anniversary, we'd have a scramble match where the winner gets Ice Williams on the 19th. You know, I'm just saying. That possibly- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't though. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, yeah. It's tough using guys that are good. They they actually get booked elsewhere. Yeah. No, that's that's a very true uh, that's a very true point, and and Eli, that should make you feel very proud of your work because here you have someone who is trying to woo you still, even though he knows that you are working, and you know he does it jokingly, but at the same time he's very serious about it. Um, I, I mean, how do you feel about working to that point now, where people look at you and go? We got to get this guy on the card. Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it feels good, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it feels good. It feels good getting recognition, you know, like because like it, it it happens in waves for me, you know. Like sure. I'll be at a high point, and you know, people will, you know want to book me, and then I'll kind of start to sink down, and then something happens, and I'm just like back up at that point, you know. But yeah, and it just goes to like like one time I did a, a seminar with Rocky Romero, yeah. and he said that wrestling like comes in waves, you know, and it comes in highs and lows. But the lows are still really good, you know, and it's and it's 
he couldn't be more right about it. It just, you know, it, like it's always good, the highs and the lows, even at my lowest point, you know, yeah. you know, even Joe was booking me at my lowest point, you know, <laughs> and even that was like, that was great, you know? And uh, yeah, so it's always good. It, it's always good. And uh, yeah. And right now I'm definitely at a high point. I'm at one of those high points right now and it feels good, you know, and I'll just see if it gets higher, you know, <laughs> or if I have to fight to, to get back up, you know, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, but that's what you know, that's that's wrestling, you know. Yeah. You know, my 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 question is when it's FSW versus GCW, what side is Eli Everfly on? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'll wait till uh, uh, Joe gives me a, a FSW shirt first. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you know, it's 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 a perfect setup for uh, you know the uh, the old uh, he comes out with the uh, GCW shirt on and then takes it off and he has the fsw shirt on underneath there you go in the six-man death match he turns on gcw <laughs> that'd be awesome <laughs> you know just out of curiosity since we brought up gcw um have you ever worked and if you haven't would you ever like to work uh nick gage oh no i've never worked nick gage man that'd be pretty sick too because he's like definitely i'm a fan of nick gage yeah. you know like, yeah, so, uh, yeah, mo- yeah, definitely, and uh, I know he would want to wrestle me too because he said he said it he's said it before like plenty of times, you know. Uh, but yeah, man, like that's that he's definitely on a list of people I want to wrestle before you know I die or something. Because you know? <laughs> I don't think he's gonna stop anytime soon, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you know he wrestled Funny Bone at one of our shows. But I think if we did a GCW FSW show and we did Funny Bone and Nick Gage with both crowds there, I think that would. The only problem is finding a venue that would let us, you know, use thirty light tubes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you think Eli of uh, what what you've gone through in your journey, um, you're you're coming almost up on a decade. <laughs> of uh wrestling yeah where do you see yourself going um in the next you know five to ten years um man. anywhere anywhere that wants to book me <laughs> uh no uh like i guess like long-term goals yeah um i definitely like i've always wanted to wrestle in mexico consistently and i've always like um I've always like been flirting with the idea of going down there, you know, but, sure. uh, and you know, I've, I wrestled in CML Al once and like the crash, uh, you know, a bunch of times, but I've never really had a consistent run down there, but I definitely would like to be involved in AAA or get like signed to AAA sure. you know? or even, um, like, um, cause I think like before my goal was to wrestle on the East coast and, and like CZW or something, you know? And, uh, like, Game Changer ended up picking me up randomly, like, in 2017. And, you know, and then, you know, since then, it's just, you know, that, like, I didn't even know that was going to be, like, the, the next big thing, you know? Right. I thought, like, it was another place, you know? And then, yeah, and it just, it blew up, you know? And then, like, and then I'm wrestling, you know, on the East Coast a lot and, like, all over the place. 
so now I just like I'm thinking like damn you know I'm already like getting older you know like it'll be 28 uh, in a couple months you know so I'm like thinking like oh damn you know I want to get signed like what's going on <laughs> you know sure. like, yeah like looking around like like uh, my friends are going you know like people that I've trained are going you know and yeah. stuff and it's like I'm still stuck here you know <laughs> but uh, you know with a lot of other people too you know yeah but um, like now I look at uh, yeah like long term goals like I like that's what I want to do um, but I definitely could see myself being in like AEW you know sure. or like 205 live or something um like right now i don't know i don't know about like right now right now sure but definitely like in the future but um right now like my mindset is just on you know getting better at my lucha and getting better at like um implementing high flying and submissions together you know um so like yeah because that that's the style that i love and i'm like you know that yeah. i, that I want to master and i think i i'll uh I could prove myself to be really good by wrestling at like AAA consistently, you know, or sure. um, even if like Lucha Underground does come back, you know, because I was definitely going to get signed to like Lucha Underground, I believe, like the next season. Yeah. So, uh, so like, uh, and I like did a bunch of you know dark matches with them and everything. So I like like that was definitely like a cool uh, destination that I had in my mind, you know, for like uh, sh- you know for a short time period at least. Sure. Uh, but that door closed and uh, yeah, that's definitely like, the, like the whole like Lucha scene and the whole, um, you know, Lucha crowd. I like, I love it. You know, it's, it's part of my culture, you know, yeah. it's part of my blood, you know, and I just, uh, and I want to prove my, myself, you know, worthy, I guess, you know, sure. That w- before, before anything, you know, <laughs> yeah. I want to, before I do anything, I want to say that I did that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Joe, let's, uh, talk a little bit about um the uh, other matches on the card uh friday um any uh anything that really stuck out to you any performances that stuck with you um i know i had quite a bit of uh just admiration for the way everyone seemed to uh step up their game to uh match you know everything was getting like just kept building and then those two uh, tagging against Unguided basically set the bar. And I would say that you could have taken Leo Rush, thrown him in that match, and those guys would have been on the same level Friday night as Leo was. There's no doubt about it. I, you know, when I was putting this show together, uh, I wanted to really get the show off to a hot start. And by that, we made the scramble match first. And initially it was going to be, you know, Adrian Quest, Gatson, Cartwheel, uh, you know, Eli. And I'm, for some reason, I'm forgetting the fifth guy in the um, match. Oasis, Jordan. And Jordan Oasis. Well, Oasis wasn't going to be in the match. It was going to be Eli. And earlier... In the day, Funny Bone's like, hey, you know, we're trying to get things going, blah, blah, blah. Any way we can, uh, you know, switch up the order. And I'm like, no, bro, this is the match that I want to start off the show. I want this match. And they delivered. They killed it, yep. you know. And, you know, everybody wanted to go out there and have a great performance because all those guys were working their peers that – a lot of people see great success in. You know, Gatson's a guy who's been doing it forever, and he still is doing it amazingly well. Yeah. You know, Quest is this guy who's 
really starting to get it and getting a lot of notice going around. Funny Bone, 20 years. You know, and then you got, you got Cartwheel, who's pretty new to the game. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, wow, this guy's pretty amazing. So to put him in there, and Jordan Oasis, another young kid out of uh, Washington. Yeah. And he held his own in the match. You know, we saw him a couple weeks back against Sefa, and he did a good job. And he's extremely hungry. You know, he makes his way down from Washington whenever. Like, hey, Joe, I'm available. Like, he, he'll he get down here on his own anytime we have a show because he wants to be a part of it. So, you know, to me, that set the bar, you know. And as much as I like, you know, even the, even the six-man tag was what it needed to be. And, you know, trying to establish Toko Uso and, and Tito. Yep. And those are big boys, and those are guys that Hammerstone, you know, all three of them he's going to have to get through. You know what I mean? And it's like initially we were going to do a women's uh, Maz versus Sandra Moon, but a couple other girls were in town and, you know, decided that it would be best to give some opportunities and, and let the local girls, Sandra and Maz, get the chance to work some other people. Yeah. So, you know, Christy James came in and, and did really well. And Jocelyn Navarro from OVW, we, she worked our women's show. So we knew, you know, she was definitely, you know, had the ability. You know, Ice and Sefa, that could have been the main event easily. Yeah. You know, and the tag match was another match. You know, that's, that's what's called the Joe DeFalco style. That, you know, oh, Joe, like, that's what Joe likes. And it's like. I like a lot of shit, but yeah, I do like, you know, the high flying entertaining style that unfortunately everybody, that's what's hot right now. You know what I mean? It's like people want to see cool shit. Yeah. You know, nobody wants, nobody wants to see those four minute headlocks anymore. You know, that, that isn't building heat. It's building boredom. Right. So, you know, when you're going to have excitement, that's what we're looking at. And, you know, Leo Rush and Trey Lamar, I have to admit, it was a little more ground-based than I expected. You know, I thought those guys were going to be flying all over the building. But, you know, they had a really good match, but it was different than what I thought was going to be. Sure. And I'm pretty certain that Chris Bay and Leo Rush uh, won't be very mat-based. But that's you know, just my opinion. And, you know, and then the main event was just electric because there was a lot of Jordan Oliver fans, and and it was it was amazing to see. It wasn't to me like a wrestling event. It was like going to a football game, and you're and and the Cowboys are playing the Giants, and the the crowd split where you're looking around to make sure the fans aren't fucking fighting each other. Like they were going nuts for their own guys. And Hammerstone played very well into it. You know, he, he kept eyeballing those guys. And the atmosphere was just through the roof. Yep. So, you know, from beginning to end, I would have to say, you know, that was, you know, the best show that we've done in well over a year. And on top of all the matches, we also get a hyper streak heel turn. What? <laughs> What do you mean a heel turn? I don't know what he did. He came in. Maybe uh, Jay Vidal said something bad about his mother before the show. I don't know. 
Oh man, um, it, it just yeah, top to bottom, I can't say enough about. That was a really nasty cane shot, though. Oh, right, absolutely. It was like, <laughs> I think it was the eleven years of of uh, built up anger from hyper streak since uh, he's never won a championship in his life. I don't know, man. I think the uh, aviators offered him a contract after seeing that swing. Because that bat, you know, it it was a kendo stick that exploded like a baseball bat. It was unreal. Um, And and Jay had the, uh, Jay had the, uh, what, the, I I don't even know if it it was, it was just a nasty, (laughs) nasty red, uh, just, Welt. Welt, uh, yeah, it was, oh man. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a great show. uh, Very well done. Uh, this uh, week, do you have, um, is it Future Shock coming up this week on the network? No, it's going to be uh, next Friday the 28th. I I believe I deserve a, a well-earned break from everything that was going on. You know, it was really tough standing for three hours watching the GCW show. And watching uh, the unguided and Eli go through as many doors as humanly, I was like, "How many doors did they have under that fucking ring?" Like, every match had a door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it had a lot. They usually get like thirty doors, I think. Wow. I hope they get the Home Depot discount. <laughs> um. Well, you know. Uh, speaking of the GCW show. Joe, you know you've had experience with this happening, and that is John Moxley showing up, uh, you know, right at the end of the event when you think it's over. Here comes Mox. Um, you think, uh, I know Mox and, and Gage are, are friends, very close friends, but do you think uh, you might be able to uh, coax Mr. Moxley when he's driving around on a Friday night to just wander in again to FSW and start kicking ass? Well, here was the conversation I had with Moxley about a month ago. Uh, he needed to use the facility. He was uh, doing some uh, catch wrestling training with uh, a student of Josh Barnett's. And I wasn't trying to get him to just pop in. I was trying to be like, hey, we're interested in booking you and paying you a booking fee and, you know, love to maybe have you for the anniversary show. And his response was, well, you know, if I'm not doing nothing on a Friday night and I'm bored, maybe I'll just fucking pop in. And it was like he didn't really have any interest in like, hey, here's X amount of dollars. We'd love to advertise you and come in. It's kind of like on a whim. And I know he's pretty tight, obviously, with Brett at GCW. Yeah. So I might be going about it the wrong way. Maybe we need to book that FSW versus GCW show, and maybe uh, Moxley shows up against Hammerstone. Who knows? <laughs> you know, Eli, um, as we wrap up here, do you feel that when you get a chance to mix in with the guys at FSW, that you feel that you've kind of from when when you started to where you are now that you feel comfortable and accepted by the guys as if you were you know living here and and coming down to the you know the facility every week 
Yeah, you know, like um, even like ever since I first started, like the everybody like from the school, they're just like really welcoming and inviting. And I always compare like every other place I go to, like to like the FSW students and like just like you know the place, you know, and the vibes, you know, because they do everything right, you know, like they welcome you. Like if you're like an outsider, they're not like they don't make you like come up to like them like oh no you're in my territory where i feel like it is like that a lot of places yeah. where you know you get the kids they're like who the hell are you you know or they kind of give you that attitude you know um but, you know it just you know it, it, every place is somewhat different i guess but uh yeah i always compare it to like fsw because fsw was like one of the first places i wrestled like outside of stantinos you know sure. and the impression i got was like oh wow everyone's cool you know and it wasn't like that everywhere i went <laughs> so uh yeah and like most definitely definitely uh every like every everyone's just so nice and inviting and every, like the locker room is just it's, it's really cool because everyone is like family there and i do like think of like fsw as like like a cousin you know per se you know like yeah to you know to like at least at least like in my career you know sure it's like everybody everybody's like they're, they're they're family you know and they treat me like family too you know and uh and i and i know other people feel the same way too because i'm not the only one you know sure yeah no that's yeah our our school isn't like B-boys and guys that are pricks like Jordan Cruz. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, Eli, for uh, f- people who might not uh, follow you on social media, what's your social media so they can uh, uh, be more informed on what's going on in your career? Oh, everything is at Eli Everfly. Like, uh, even my Gmail, if you want to get in contact with me, it's like Eli Everfly at Gmail. Yeah, very easy to contact. Very simple. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Joe, uh, as we get into a final word and a final thought, um, the uh, anniversary show is officially announced for uh, Friday and Saturday. It's the 17th and 18th. and, 18th and uh, 19th. 19th. Sorry about that. Um, so that's June 18th and 19th. And on June 18th, the main event will be Chris Bay versus Leo Rush. And what else do you have going on? Because I think I saw that uh, there's some kind of 30-man... Yeah, uh, since Against All Odds has uh, been off the shelf for over a year, that's the show that we do every year. We do the 30-man rumble to open the show, and the winner wrestles in the main event against the champion. Well, this year, uh, we're doing the 30-man rumble on Friday night, and the winner will wrestle Hammerstone in the main event on Saturday night. And we've also just added a Nevada State Championship match as Remy Marcel will defend against Sean Davari. So, you know, that should be interesting. Uh, We're looking at doing a scramble match that the winner will get a shot at Ice Williams' title on the Saturday night. Uh, Sandra Moon and Maserati will wrestle for the women's championship. Not sure which night that is. Uh, R&B and Death Proof will finish off their best of three series. The winner, uh, we're going to do that Friday night, and then the winner will wrestle the the Unguided, if they're still champions, uh, on the Saturday night. So... You know, and, and there's a lot of other stuff that, you know, that we're trying to still put together. I was kind of doing it earlier today. You know, I got on the phone, uh, you know, who's available for the scramble, who's available for the rumble. You know, 
we got some, you know, hopefully some good surprises. Uh, I was trying to get Brian Cage in as a surprise at the Rumble, but unfortunately uh, he was booked elsewhere. So now we got to go for look for some more surprises. That is going to be an incredible uh, event. Two nights. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Um, if you go to the FSW website, you can uh, order your tickets. And I do encourage fans to try to get those tickets sooner than later because yeah, we'll we'll, we'll be sold out in, in less than a week. Yeah, you know, between our regulars and what's available, we're 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 going with the fact that the show will be at the FSW Arena. But I actually have a meeting today at four o'clock with the venue, so we're looking to go into a uh, a bigger venue, especially uh, now that things have opened up more. Yeah. So I just found out some really bad news. Uh, I saw the final fighting champions or whatever it was at the Rio was was done. So I messaged the guy I knew about possibly getting that fight dome locked in. And unfortunately, what a waste of a room. That venue is basically going to be closed for good. And that's like one of the nicest, smaller venues in not only in Vegas, anywhere. Yeah. It's like, it's a great spot and no use of it whatsoever. That's, that's sad. Um, yeah, it's absolutely, a, it was intimate yet big scale, you know, and, uh, that sucks. But, uh, Hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood, um, if you find a spot and, you know, more fans are able to attend, that's going to be wonderful. Um, I encourage, again, anyone to uh, sign up for the FSW Network um, so that you can keep your eyes open for uh, fresh content um, and get shows like the Aftershocks and, or the Future Shocks and, uh, you know, other uh, events that uh, are not pay-per-view events but you can also get the pay-per-view events there and uh as well as on fight tv uh eli it's been great having you on man um and i can't wait to see you know what's next uh the next time you're in town um it's a pleasure to watch june 5th june 5th eli everfly will be at the fsw arena as we're going to add content to the uh, sequel to Paul London, Please Don't Die, it's going to be Eli Everfly, Please Don't Die. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, Eli Everfly in uh, the the uh, Please Don't Die match, which I think is a new concept, Joe. <laughs> yes. You know, he escaped it uh, this past Saturday, so. <laughs> Man, I... Yeah, you know, Eli, when uh, when they were training you, it didn't literally mean break down the doors to get into <laughs> the business. So, you know, don't uh, don't go through crashing through too many more uh, uh, doors. <laughs> but uh, we love everything you do. <laughs> yeah. But we love what you do, brother. Keep it up. And uh, listeners uh, and, and viewers, thank you very much for tuning in. Joe, we'll uh, talk to you again next weekend. I can make it. Yeah, I'm going to head over to Home Depot and buy like 20 doors so they're always on hand. Well, <laughs> I, I also, really quick, I can make an announcement uh, for next week, Joe. 
I uh, I got a tag team to come on the show. And you, you got a tag? Yeah, and you know what? I figured um, you talk about these guys a lot. Why not show the audience, if they're not familiar with them, who they are? And so next week, it will be the Suavecitos. Oh, jeez. I thought you were going to say the Reno scum. <laughs> we're still working. I thought you were going to say... I thought you could. That's true. You didn't say you're gonna have a good tag team on. You just said a tag team. <laughs> but at least uh, you know, listeners and viewers can get uh, more acquainted with the Suavecito since uh, yeah, you do you do talk about them a bit. So we uh, we will see that next week. And uh, everyone, thank you very much for tuning in. Bye bye.